Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, January 17th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We are continuing our journey through John's gospel. But before we begin, let's have a moment for prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the prophets of the world who come into our lives, who speak justice, who speak truth, who compel us to turn the other direction. God, we thank you for the lives of the people in this country who have spoken out against injustice and have pointed us towards your justice and your hope and your care for all people. May we listen to their words and do likewise. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read John from the second chapter, verses 13 through 25. This follows immediately from the wedding in Cana that we talked about last week. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. When he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name, because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, would not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people, and needed no one to testify about anyone, for he himself knew what was in everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Tara, how was your weekend? Thank you for asking. It was really wonderful. Um, Weekend was good. It was um, a great Sunday, I thought, here at the church. Good to have people and visitors. And then I left to go to one of my favorite places up in North Carolina with some of my favorite people. So it's been pretty great, Brett. What about you? It's kind of the dream. Uh, I honestly can't remember anything I did this weekend except one, which was pretty great and that uh, just kind of randomly... At about 4 p.m., we texted some friends. It was really cold one of the nights. And we're like, you want to have a soup night? <laughs> and so we all made soup and nice. got together. What kind did Allie make? Allie made 
she's incredible because we didn't have a lot in the house and so she threw together she made stone soup she made stone <laughs> soup she made like an asian uh an asian soup because we had like pot stickers yeah. in the freezer and she's like wow. i can make a soup out of this and it was delicious Jeez, what did the other couple bring they cheated uh they hands no they <laughs> they have like a meal prep service so it had been like in the fridge and it was it was actually really good it was like some sort of chili so man you're yeah. living the dream i, I want to be brett when i grow up <laughs> Uh, no wife would marry me though. <laughs> in a right mind. Yeah, no, I feel that <laughs> feel that same thing. Thank you, Allie. To the word scripture, Jesus is pretty angry in this passage. Why? And what's with the whip? <laughs> so first I want to say that this passage is in all of the gospels, all four. In the synoptic gospels we read that he is angry at the money changers, presumably for causing, uh, charging too much interest or a surcharge. That's not in this text. Mm -hmm. So if we're just looking at this text, he walks into the sanctuary, the temple, and people are just doing what they do. And it takes a little bit of explaining, I think. So it's Passover. And it is one of the major holidays when people are um, told to come to Jerusalem to worship. They come from all over the Roman Empire. Now, when you come to worship, you have to offer a sacrifice. So they have animals there in the temple courtyard that you can purchase for your sacrifice. So you don't have to carry your two doves all the way down from wherever. The other issue is that they use, right, Roman coins are used at that time, and they are always engraved with the image of the emperor. And the second commandment, as interpreted at that time, said that there should be no graven images. So you can't bring Roman coins into the temple. So you want to come and worship, but you have to go through this elaborate process of commerce, really, right? Mm -hmm. You have to change your money. You have to get your animal there are people milling about. And I imagine, and this is biblical imagination, that by the time they make it, you know, into the area where they are to sacrifice and worship, that some of the, um, I don't know, some of the worshipfulness has gone out of it, mm -hmm. right? That it has suddenly become more about getting through this process to get your animal. And so when Jesus is walking through the temple courts, he knows how useless all of that is. He just does. Mm -hmm. And so he wants his father's house where presumably anyone should be able to come to worship. That's certainly going to be his message as time goes on. Or more than that, that God is with us everywhere, that God is with us in Christ. He just becomes fed up. And he makes this whip of cords. It says he drove them out of the temple, both the sheep and cattle. I want to be clear. He doesn't drive people out with the whip. I don't read that in that text. But he clears out the animals. He overturns the tables and says, stop making my father's house a marketplace. It's really a very compelling message, I think, about the intersection between commerce and churches. Hmm. About what we should be and how we should be it in the world. I've talked a whole lot, Brett. <laughs> um, what do you hear in this passage? What's up for you in terms of Jesus's anger? Do you read it the same way? 
Yeah, I read it very similar similarly of um you know, the temple was supposed to be uh this place where heaven and earth intersected. It was the center of um Jewish life. It was the center of Jewish life, not just uh you know, it was supposed to be the center of all Jewish life uh religiously and it has become the center of Jewish life politically, socially, uh, in, in every single facet of life, the, the temple is the center. Uh, and as you said, how can you possibly get to a place that this is where God dwells amongst God's people uh, after going through the chaos to get into this time of worship um, to make, you know, people made super far pilgrimages uh, on this day to make these sacrifices. It was a madhouse in Jerusalem uh, when the Passover festival happened uh, as as this was, again, an annual pilgrimage for, for many people in the surrounding area. Uh, and by the time they get there, Jesus is just so sick of the corruption uh, that is infused in every aspect of this place that is supposed to be pure. Um, I think that uh, you know, I don't think it's the same as drawing a comparison to from the temple to our churches, because uh, I think they are different. Um, because again, the temple was created not just as um, not just as a place of worship, but something more of it was where God dwelled. It, it I think it has a higher uh, it has a it had a higher place for God in the world than our even our churches do today. Uh, and so for that to be uh, perverted uh, leads Jesus to this type of zeal. And then we'll talk more on Friday about um, there's so much more going on at play of not just on the surface of the anger of the of the temple. Right. Yes. John never keeps it simple. There's always a story <laughs> layered on top of a story. Um, I think you're right. It doesn't make a direct correlation for our churches but I do think it makes us think about, are we creating barriers yes, for absolutely. people to worship? Um, and honestly, I find that most of the barriers that churches can create often have to do with welcome and attitude and, uh, you know, all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that knowing that um, every Sunday I walk into our church community feeling grateful to be here. And, you know, it's it's that word zeal that's used for Jesus's uh, anger um, or that they quote that Psalm um, that's often what is used for uh, prophets and in, in the face of injustice. Um, and the, you know, as scripture does consistently, we have uh, examples of good zeal. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good zeal. We have examples in the old Testament of a good zeal from uh, some of the big prophets in Samuel and Isaiah and Jeremiah of, of this zeal at the way that the people are being improperly treated. Uh, and then we also have examples of bad zeal of, you know, Paul was acting with complete zeal for the church when he persecuted early Christians. That was with, I think, an, a, a pure zeal at wanting to defend the faith. And so uh, it's, it is, uh, when we look at that word, it cannot be taken 
I think often we use this as a justification for anger <laughs> or for or for frustration, uh, and it's like that has to be very carefully looked at. Yeah, I um I have a friend I went to seminary with who is like the opposite of me in every way. She's <laughs> super quiet, she's super calm, and she was doing an internship and something someone said something to her in her church that was really offensive and hurtful. And we're talking about it in class, and I say to her, Christine, weren't weren't you angry? Didn't you want to just, like, call her out on all of it? And she sat there for a minute, and she goes, you know, Tara, Jesus only pulled out the whip once, and I'm saving mine for just the right time. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Uh, All right, friends, our quote today is from Aristotle, who said, anybody can become angry. That is easy. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way, that is not within everybody's power and it is not easy. Thank you all for being with us today. We'll be back on Wednesday to discuss a psalm. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.